Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. I asked a Bears fan yesterday morning about the current state of the Bears. Bears fan probably would have said something like, man, same as it ever was, a flaming dumpster fire. That is, if I brought that up yesterday, and a Bears fan had answered like that, they would have been right. So I don't even know what you would call the team a day after yesterday if yesterday was a flaming dumpster fire. Like, what would you call it today if that's what it was yesterday? What an absolute and total bleep show of a day at Howis Hall yesterday. I mean, never a good thing when your quarterback has got to stand in front of his locker and issue a retraction statement following his presser. Never a good thing when your D coordinator ups and quits after only two weeks. Like, I expect all these things to happen with the Bears, but not two weeks in. Not even for the Bears. They are so far ahead of schedule with their crappiness. Even worse, when Ian Rappaport needs to clarify with this somehow real tweet. This is not a fake tweet. This is not somebody pretending to be rap sheet. I mean, there were fake tweets or fake X's, but this one I'm about to read is actual. It's legit. At rap sheet, quote, clarity. The FBI did not raid Howis Hall today. The league is not involved. Peanut Tillman is not involved whatsoever in this matter. Well, <laughs> I was going to say, that's actually a relief. That's good to know for everybody except Alvy. Alvy wanted that to happen. Oh, why isn't that true? Oh. I mean, good to have some, quote, clarity. That's the only piece of good news that came out of Chicago yesterday. No, the FBI did not raid Howis Hall in relation to their D coordinator resigning. However, the quarterback did throw the coaching staff under the bus. The D coordinator did up and quit under unclear circumstances. Why don't we start first with the quarterback, Justin Fields? Listen, it's no secret. This dude is seriously struggling. Struggling. I mean... You need to watch all of, I don't know, 30 seconds of Bears football so far this season to know that this guy is struggling. Struggling. Now, I'll give him this much. At least he came out and admitted yesterday that he's playing like crap. Felt like I was kind of robotic and, you know, not just, not, not, not playing like myself. So, um, you know, um, my goal this week is just to, you know, say F and just go out there and, you know, play football how I know how to play football. And um, that's not, uh, that includes uh, thinking less and just going out there and, you know, uh, playing off of instincts rather than just of, you know, so much, so to say, info in my head, data in my head, and literally just going out there playing football. You know what? As somebody who's the host of the Reinvention Project with Jim Rome, I would say having goals is a very good thing. We should all have goals. You should always have goals. Short-term goals, long-term goals, all kinds of goals. However, your goal should never be F it. Say F it and just go out there and... He said it. My goal is to just say F it. Say F it and... That's not a good goal. That's not a good goal. You know, I want to be a good dad. I want to be a good spouse. I want to buy a house. I want to get a college diploma. 
I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to quit smoking. I want to get on a exercise regimen. I want to say F it. Which one of those things does not fit? Oh, this week is just to, you know, say F it. Never great also when your alleged supposed franchise quarterback refers to his play as, quote, robotic. Especially when that alleged supposed franchise quarterback is a spectacular athlete. This is the last dude who should ever look robotic on a football field. Except that he's right. He does look robotic. At least he can admit it. And he wants to think less and just say F it and go out there and play football. Thinking less and or in other words, he's from the Nick Sirianni school of less thinking equals talent takeover. Less thinking equals talent takeover. Such an underrated line. So underrated. So underappreciated. And I actually feel guilty that I don't give that more credit myself. I love that line so much. You're right, bro. Less thinking does equal talent takeover. Less thinking equals talent takeover. Thinking less and just going out there and, you know, uh, playing off of instincts. I wonder if Fields is also a fan of rock, paper, scissors. Less thinking. Rock, paper, scissors. Let's see how competitive you are. Let's see it, Jay. Let's see how competitive you are. Also, remember, less thinking equals talent takeover. Less thinking equals talent takeover. Less thinking equals rock, paper, scissors. Less thinking. In all seriousness, what he said right there was not a problem. I mean, it's definitely not what the Paris fans want to hear, of course. Not that they should be surprised. No way. The organization has jacked up another quarterback. No way. But this is not the comment that set the house and the X on fire yesterday. What went super viral yesterday was his explanation for why he thinks he's too robotic. When you say thinking less, what do you think was causing you to think so much, maybe think too much? Um, you know, could be, uh, you know, uh, coaching, um, I think. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it makes it, you know, uh, they're doing their job when they're giving me, you know, what to look at and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I you know, can't be thinking about that when the game comes. I prepare myself throughout the week, and then when the game comes, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's time to play free at that point. So, um, you know, just thinking less and, you know, playing more. You cut through all the at the end of the days and you knows, and what do you have? Quote, um, could be coaching, end of quote, to which I would respond with, um, oh! Uh-oh. So there's a reason that immediately went super viral. There's a reason that dude became the main character of X yesterday. And it's because he flat out directly blamed coaching for his robotic play. Um, could be coaching. Could be uh, coaching. He said it right there. So there are a bunch of obvious problems with this. First of all, it is his job to take responsibility for his play. I'm not saying that they're not overloading him with information, they may in fact be. I'm not saying that he's getting the best coaching. If he's a Bears quarterback, he's not. We know this. However, 
He is the face of the franchise. He is the QB1. It is his job to take responsibility for his play, even if it's not his fault. Like, that's the job. Even if some of this is on the coaches, and I'm sure it is. Look, nobody thinks that current coaching staff in Chicago is great or even good or even mediocre. In fact, I'm guessing there's a large chunk of the audience listening right now that doesn't even know who the head coach of the Chicago Bears is. Quick, go. Who is it? You're on the clock. Who is the head coach of the Chicago Bears? I'll wait. I mean, I'm willing to bet that half you don't even know. I'm talking about the half you that consider yourselves NFL fans. No, go ahead. I got all day. Who is the head coach of the Bears? Uh, Mike Ditka? Uh, um, Cade McDown? Uh, oh, it's Lovey Smith, right? Uh, John Fox? It's got to be John Fox, right? I mean, what would John Fox say? If you think I just said that so I could put that in there, you're right. Anyway. (laughs) Now, the answer, of course, is Matt Eberflus, if you didn't know. The point is, it's not Andy Reid. It's not Kyle Shanahan. I think we all understand this. However, we also understand that Fields is out here struggling. struggling. He's missing wide-ass open receivers. And that, in and of itself, has become a weekly staple on the X. Like I said before, you don't have to watch very much Bears football to see some really bizarre and painful decisions from the robot. And if you are the robot, you can't just stand in front of the mic and throw the coaching staff under the bus. It's your job not to do that. Especially when the team is already cratering two weeks in. It's almost like Fields walked in yesterday and said, Damn, this place is really toxic. How can I make it even worse? Let me talk to you for a moment about one of my favorite products ever, HelloFresh. What is HelloFresh? What it is is farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip trips to the grocery store. You can count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable, and that's why it's America's number one meal kit. Kickstart a fresh fall routine with HelloFresh. HelloFresh handles all the meal planning and shopping to deliver everything you need to cook up a tasty meal right at home. They do the hard part, and you get to take credit. And when it comes to options, honestly, more is more. That's why HelloFresh's menu includes 40 recipes and over 100 add-on items to choose from every single week. I love it. Comes right to the doorstep, all these tremendous ideas and great meals. Find out for yourself. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Rome. Use the code 50Rome for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. Once again, HelloFresh.com slash 50Rome. Make sure to use the code 50Rome and get 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. HelloFresh.com slash 50Rome. Y'all think this house is on fire right now? Wait till I hit the podium with my gas can and I hit that dumpster fire with a bunch of gasoline. 
Never a good thing when your quarterback blames the coaches and never a good thing when your quarterback has to stand in front of his locker and issue a retraction not long thereafter, especially when that retraction is less a retraction and more of yet another example of throwing blame around, pointing fingers, and not owning what you said. Get that. You, you guys' jobs are to get clicked, so it's like... When you take my quote out of context, when we just say that, if you paint the picture on the inside out, like, y'all are trying to split, split us up. I'm not blaming anything on the coaches. I'm never going to blame anything on the coaches. Never going to blame anything on my teammates. I will take every, whatever happens in the game, I will take all the blame. I don't care. To drop pass, it should have been a pass. Put it on me. But never when you hear anything come out of my mouth to where I will blame it on somebody else. In this organization, my teammates never will hear that. So I just want to clear that up and just know that like I need to play better. That's it. Point blank. If, if y'all, that's that's what I should have said in the first place. Oh, I'm glad we finally got there. Glad we finally got there, Jay. Did he start that off by saying, "You guys just want clicks. You're all trying to split us." You guys' jobs are to get clicks, so it's like... You guys' jobs are to get clicks. Yeah, well, your job is to complete passes. That guy runs the coaches under the bus and then doubles back with a retraction by saying, your guys' jobs is to get clicks. And you're trying to split us. But in the end, he finally got there. Finally got there. And by finally getting there, I mean he finally said, you know, it's on me. Yeah, not exactly a smooth ride, but he finally managed to drive himself off a cliff before he reached the final destination and he got to the magic words. Quote, I need to play better. That's it. Point blank. That's what I should have said in the first place. I need to play better. That's it. Point blank. If, if y'all, that's, that's what I should have said. Right. Exactly. Ding, ding, ding. That's what you should have said. I need to play better. That's it. Point blank. That's what I should have said in the first place. Quote, end of quote. That's all you should have said. He said it at the very end, but that's all he should have said. Instead, what he did was he went with that non-retraction retraction, lashed out at the media, and said that the media took his comments out of context. Dude, you were asked a simple question about why you're robotic, and your answer was, quote, um, could be coaching? Could be uh, coaching. That's pretty simple. You want to hear that again? Here is the full context. Since you're accusing the media of taking it out of context, let me give you the full context. When you say thinking less, what do you think was causing you to think so much, maybe think too much? Um, you know, could be, uh, you know, uh, coaching, um, I think, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, dude, so nobody pulled anything out of context to get clicks. Nobody's trying to split you guys up and you can't tell me quote, never would you hear anything come out of my mouth to where I would blame it on somebody else in the organization. End of quote. When we all just heard you blame it on somebody in the organization, the coaches, Moments before. What do you mean never would we ever hear that? We heard it minutes before. We just heard it. 
Never would you ever hear me blame anybody in the organization except for the coaches who I blamed like five minutes earlier. Could be uh, coaching. At least he finally got there. At least he finally got to the correct answer to all he should have ever said in the first place. I need to play better. That's it. Point blank. I need to play better. I mean, what they're making Mitch Trubisky look like Dan Marino. Nobody wants to see you pointing fingers, my dude. And seriously, I'm not even exaggerating. Compare Trubisky and Fields through their first 27 games. In fact, I will save you the time. Mitch was much better. Mitch won a hell of a lot more. Mitch, in fact, was 29 and 21 as a starter. Fields is 5 and 22. Yeah, I know. I know. A lot of that is probably due to um, coaching. But we all remember who Mitch's coach was, right? It was Coach Penis. It was this dude. Never good when you make that guy look like Vince Lombardi. Or when your new QB makes you long for the days of Mitch Trubisky. Or when your D coordinator ups and quits after two weeks. Well, technically one week since Alan Williams left the team before Sunday's game. I mean, there's so much more to this story. We are back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on all the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet 5 bucks and get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings is not stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football is so much more fun when you're in on the action. So download the app right now. Sign up with the code ROME, R-O-M-E. New customers can bet just 5 bucks and get 150 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with the code ROME, R-O-M-E. The crown is yours. You do have to be present in a state where it's lawful to wager. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877 877- 8 hope ny or text hope ny 467369 in connecticut help is available for problem gambling call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org please play responsibly on behalf of boot hill casino and resort ks licensee partner gold nugget lake charles la 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario see sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources bonus bets expire seven days after issuance eligibility and deposit restrictions do apply jeff pass and Jeff, it is so good to have you back in the jungle. What's going on, brother? Van Smack, you say such nice things about me, but the reality is everything pales in comparison to my third place smack off finish as well as me bombing out due to my terrible phone and mediocre takes. So that is what I hang my hat on more than any of those other plaudits. I appreciate it. Though. Dude, Thanks. you are the absolute best. Jeff Pass my guest. Now, Jeff, today is your birthday, so you are celebrating it in part with a jungle run, which I think is incredible. Happy birthday, brother. What does this brilliant fam have planned for their fearless patriarch? <laughs> Absolutely nothing at all. My younger son and my wife are on a field trip right now, and my uh, older son turns 16 tomorrow and wants nothing to do with me. So, sounds, uh, sounds about right. It's going to be a nice solo hang. Uh, I'm going to probably 
sit back and and eat pizza and uh it's gonna get all over my chest and i'm gonna just be an average clown I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> That's a win right there. Jeff Passon joining us. Now, Jeff, you had a pretty eventful summer. You and I have not spoken since you posted <laughs> on social media that you suffered a vertebrae fracture when a tree limb fell on you after a storm. This is no laughing matter. Can you take us through it? What happened that day? How are you right now? Uh, thank you for asking. I'm doing pretty well right now. Um, you know, I am up, I am moving, I'm doing physical therapy. Uh, I, I was working hard enough in physical therapy, uh, a couple days ago and I'm in such bad shape right now, uh, that I wound up puking. Uh, I don't know why, but that was a good sign to me if I'm able to work that hard. But, uh, the, the fateful day two months ago, um, I was, I'm going to be dead honest with you about everything that happened that day. Uh, there was a huge storm in Kansas City, and it knocked the power out because we have above-ground power lines, right? And my first instinct when the power went out was to go and find Wi-Fi somewhere and book a hotel room. And there was a huge, like, limb that fell in my front yard and fell in my neighbor's yard as well. And... Uh, I, I wanted nothing to do with that. There, there's a, uh, there's an adage, uh, that you're taught, uh, as a young Jewish boy, which is that Jews don't do yard work. So I was trying to abide by that. And as I was trying to book a hotel room, my wife came up to me and essentially said, Hey, you lazy scumbag, go outside and help the neighbors clean up. I was like, fine. Okay. I'll go outside. So I uh, went outside, and uh, a neighbor was wielding a chainsaw. And, uh, you know, we were trying to take down this pretty significant limb bit by bit. And uh, he cut a piece. And what none of us realized is that it was a weight-bearing branch. So this limb that has an offshoot about 20 feet up into the air starts rolling and by the time I realized that uh, it's about to absolutely maul me, uh, it's too late and I'm too old and slow and unathletic to get out of the way. And I just get crushed by this falling tree limb that pins me to the ground and I'm clawing my way out from underneath, not realizing I could have been dead. I could have been paralyzed. It could have been a lot worse than it was. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was about the worst pain of my life, and uh, ended up in the hospital that night. And uh, thank God for medical grade ketamine because uh, until that came along, it was not feeling great. Jeff, it sounds actually horrible, and I, I'm really, really sorry about that. I'm really happy that you're doing much better and pushing through rehab. I appreciate you sharing that story. You know, it might seem to you, you you know me, you know where I live, you know what our life is like here. It might seem to you that I have no idea what you're talking about, but I actually do, because when we bought our house in, or we built a house in northern Wisconsin, I'd never seen this type of thing before, but we have storms, and we have trees to fall oh. down, and you're right. When the trees fall, the entire street rallies around, whatever family needs help and the chainsaws do come out and it's incumbent upon you to do something about it so i know exactly what you're talking about although and it's scary it's really scary although i've never seen a tree i've seen a tree fall on structures but not on an individual yes i i had not seen that before either and by the way i have a lot more faith 
in the Scani's ability to wield the chainsaw than I do the Kansans. Um, maybe that was not the case uh, before this happened to me, but I feel like in order to live in, like, you know, Caleb knows how to use a chainsaw, right? It's like a given, got, right? He has to. Actually, does Caleb does Caleb ever leave his house? My man, my man, it's fair. It's a fair question. It's a fair question. Well, I don't know about that. It's a fair that, question. But yes, it's. Uh, I was. Here, here's the thing. Or the basement below trying, the house. I was trying to be a good neighbor, and that's what you get for being a good neighbor, a broken back. Jeff Passon joining us. All right, so Jeff, not not to make light of this, but is this a case whereby you will appear on television in 2024, but not write again until 2025? <laughs> See what I did there? I I am I am out. Uh, I'm going to be making my first trip actually at the beginning. Uh, no, it's actually my first trip is going to be September 30th. I'm going to my 25 year high school. Uh, anniversary. And then the day after that, I will be heading to Bristol uh, to do the wild card series uh, on ESPN. We're going to have all four wild card series. It's going to be a great three days. And so I'll be in Bristol for that. And then uh, it's back out on the road. And I'm planning on covering the playoffs as long as the body uh, isn't screaming at me. Good man. Jeff Passon joining us. Very clearly, I wanted to touch base with you and get caught up personally before you go. What about this? That was a horrible transition I just made to Shohei. But you see where I'm going. <laughs> he had elbow surgery. So yeah, Speaking he, of guys who have medical ailments. Right. So he is expected to be on track to be available as a hitter on opening day next season and then return to pitching in 2025. If that's the case, how do you expect that to impact his impending free agency? I've talked with a lot of general managers, Jim, about what his contract would have looked like had he been completely healthy. And the number that I keep landing on is around $650 million, which is just an obscene deal but something that's warranted and understandable i mean listen you you live in orange county you understand what shohei otani is you've gotten to see it in person he's he's a marvel he's a, a throwback to the time when baseball players were the most relevant athletes in america and and we haven't seen that for you know probably a generation maybe two now but uh this is like mcguire sosa stuff this is uh, Ken Griffey Jr. in the early days. This is a guy who transcends his sport and who is beloved not just within it, but internationally as well, and who does things that we have never seen before and I'd venture to say probably you're never going to see again. So even if there are questions about Shohei Otani's ability to pitch long-term, I think the, the most uh, insightful owners and the ones who understand what he means to the game will recognize that there is going to be inherent risk in it, but that reward so outweighs the risk and so makes the risk worth taking that he's still going to get $500 million or somewhere in that vicinity, and it's going to be the biggest contract we've seen in baseball history. Jeff Passan joining us. So leave us with this thought. How would you handicap the field right now as it relates to the Otani sweepstakes? Oh, it's... Uh, you know, I think coming into the year, Jim, the Dodgers are the favorite. Um, but I'm not sure that that's the case anymore. I don't know that there is a favorite right now. I, I look at the Texas Rangers and know they absolutely love him and, and think that he can be the, the piece that pushes them over the top. I look at the Boston Red Sox, who 
uh, haven't made a free agent splash, uh, a real free agent splash in a while, and need something to turn around their fortunes. They're going to have a new GM there, uh, someone who's going to be emboldened to spend money. I know the Chicago Cubs love the idea of bringing him in as the franchise player. Uh, the, the San Francisco Giants, after whiffing on Carlos Correa last year, have money to spend and could use an on Otani. The Seattle Mariners, the Dodgers, um, I mean, I'm sure the, the New York Mets, richest owner in baseball and someone who, in Steve Cohen, understands that there's only a handful of players, Jim, in baseball who are true impact guys and that Otani's at the top of that list. He's not going to have any lack of suitors, but the differentiator, I think, is going to be very simple. Who's going to offer him the most guaranteed money. I don't think he's going to want to sit around and have to earn his way through pitching to getting this money. I think he's going to want it guaranteed and is going to want a team that says, we believe not just in you, but in your ability to come back and be the guy that you were. He is an ESPN MLB insider. He is a best-selling author. He is somebody who hit the podium and finished third in the smack-off. He is Jeff Passan. It is his birthday. My brother, it is so great to have you on. So great to get caught up. Happy birthday. I'm so glad that you're feeling better and working through it. It's just great to get caught up, Jeff. Thanks so much, dude. Romy, you're the best, brother. Uh, I, I always truly look forward to this and relish this. And let me just say this, man. Um, this is my 20th year as a baseball writer. And one thing that I've really grown to appreciate is longevity, not just because I have it, but because I see how hard it is. And the fact that you have done what you do at this level for as long as you have is the greatest testament to you, I think, that there can be. So congratulations on everything and uh, the, the continued success of this show. It doesn't surprise me. Uh, but it does amaze me because I know how difficult it really is. My man, right back at you. I appreciate that so much, Jeff. That praise means the world to me, and right back at you, dude. Thank you so much. Jeff Passan. Clones, what do you want when you're craving protein or you need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. You want beef, pure and simple. Where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper Beef Jerky. Old Trapper is not your old man's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. Old Trapper Beef Jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. It's tender, it's tasty, it's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for its relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein. It comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest. It goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. So look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. Clones, if you do not see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper or what's your beef? We have another Thursday night NFL tilt and another opportunity for the big head, James Kelly, to come up in here, commit first-degree murder on the English language, make a few extremely juvenile jokes that do nothing to elevate the conversation, oh, and drop some knowledge and insight and pick tonight's game and hopefully get us paid. Head, as always... Two-part question, actually. One, how you living? 
And two, are you still pissed that Sean McVay kicked that late field goal that cost you, me, and who knows how many millions of others Jack last week? Yeah, I'm still pissed. I mean, I'm happy that I'm here, but I'm pissed at McVay. He listens to the show. He knew what he was doing, Jim. I'll say that. I saw him say, um, I'll show that fat-headed man-child on Rome show, send Maher in, which is so funny, too. It was, real, it was Brett Maher who hit the damn field goal, the guy who missed four extra points last week to push. Unbelievable. That really is unbelievable. Now, yeah. look, dude, I don't know. I know that he knows who I am because I spent some time with him not long ago, so he very clearly was aware of who I am. I was at an event that he was at. However, I don't know that he listens, and I don't know that he knows you, and I really don't think that he ordered his kicker to go out there to kick that kick to get back at you because you talk junk about him. I think I'm safe in saying that. I, I saw him say fat-headed man-child. Where? On the sideline. On what the does sideline. this fat-headed man-child have on you? That was Sean McVay right there. Oh, it was. It doesn't sound like McVay. Mm. It sounds like some random clone, actually. Then I saw him laugh, too. It was very mean. All right, uh, very mean. All right, so what do you know? Your surrogate fam is on primetime yet again. I'm talking about the Shanahans and the Niners. Lobster Sr. Thank you. Lobster Jr. Mm -hmm. and the Niners. Head, whereas you hate most things, you love these dudes. So I will say what I always say when we're talking Niner football in this segment. I know there's no way in hell you're going to pick against your surrogate fam, but I do need to know what the number is and how you feel about the matchup. What you got? Spread is San Francisco minus 10 and a half right now. Of Ouch. Course. Yes. The Ouch. Hook, they hooked Where did that half? Where did the hook come from? Uh, Where did that half point come from? It was 10. It was 10 for most of the week, and they knew the injuries, so I don't know where it came from, but the money probably, and I'm like, damn it, but it is. Oh, that hook, that hook hurts. Yes, yes. I hate the hook. I hate it, but, you know, I'm riding with my fam, just like you said here. It's their home opener, Jim, and it's against the Giants, the Giants team that looked like the leader of men, Joe Judge, snuck back on the sideline for the first six quarters of this season and was coaching once again. First six quarters of this season, 0.0 points before they finally woke up to beat JT the Robots card Sunday. Here, few things set up nicely for the fam. Wink Martindale will send the house, but Big Clock Brock has handled it well this far. In his career, only Patrick Mahomes and Bacon 46 had a higher QBR when blitzed since bl- uh, Big Clock Brock took over. He also has weapons for days, as we know. They're averaging 30 points a game, and the Giants' D has allowed the most points in the NFL through two games. Also, San Francisco looked sloppy against L.A. on Sunday. The defense struggled to get uh, the Rams off the football field. So I think Step Bro will have these guys ready to go. Also, no Saquon Barkley or Andrew Thomas. Love to see that. Interesting numbers here. Dimes is 1-11 straight up on night games, but 3-1. ATS on Thursday night games, but Big Clock has started seven regular season games, has only lost one game ATS. San Francisco is also 4-1 and one in their last five ATS against New York, meaning no happy endings tonight for your fellow Calabasas Coyote alum, Darnay Holmes and his Giants. Alvin, James and Portland, please. Thank wow, you. Dude, that was so uncalled for. I don't know. I thought it was pretty good. You know. yeah, I'm sure you did. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. You'd be wrong. Yeah. I'm riding with the Super Bowl favorites right now. 
Fam, San Fran, minus 10.5. Yeah, I was going to say what Homeboy just said, except for that crackback on Darnay and the Calabasas alum. (laughs) Listen, unfortunately, some of this is redundant. I'm not going to lie. I love the Niners. Uh I hate the number. I hate that hook. Should have hit it at 10, and I didn't. I thought I'd be smart. I thought I'd wait. Not that I think that the Giants are much of a threat to anybody at all. I mean, credit head for coming back on the Cardinals, I guess. But it's not like the Cards are playing to win anything other than the Caleb Williams Derby. But, man, 10.5 is a big number, right? Yep. Not only does that concern me, but so does the fact that so many folks are hammering the Niners. That's always a reason to go the other way. Mm -hmm. But then I remember why they're hammering the Niners. Not only because they're the Niners, but because they're going up against the G-Men. And to think that I would be out there tonight rooting for Daniel Dimes, who's got to go without Saquon Barkley, Mm -hmm. that's just not something I can do. Mm-hmm. The Giants can't run it. Based on their first two games, they can't stop the run either. You think that might be much of a problem going against CMC and Debo? Yeah, maybe a little bit. Yeah, and then on top of that, given the Giants' secondary made Joshua Dobbs look like a damn pro bowler, what do you think Brock Purdy is going to do to them with the nation watching? That's oh, it. and regarding Purdy, had the mm-hmm. Giants had no sacks last week. Given that time and that level of comfort in the pocket, he is going to carve them. So, again, I hate the number. I hate that it's got a hook on it right now. I do love the Niners overall. They're going to play better than they did last week. I will lay them points and go with your surrogate fam as well. Beautiful. All right, so what else do you got? Any prop bets, any other thoughts, anything at all? Yes, prop bets. Nick Bosa has zero sacks in two games. It matches his longest drought since the beginning of his 2021 season. PFF has the Giants rated as their worst offensive line in football. Dimes has been sacked 10 times this season already. Mm. He's also without his best blocker, Andrew Thomas, and his left guard. He couldn't get to tiny hands or chubby cheeks, but let's say Nick Bosa gets the dimes here at least one time. Bosa with over .75 sacks tonight. Also, let's I love that play, by the way. Right? It seems like a great play. (laughs) If you can't get a sack against these guys in those numbers, just love that play. Love that play. Love to play it. Love to play it. Love to play it. Let's over go with, 0.75. Over 0.75 there, and then I got one more. Hey, dude, what, what's Mitchell. 0.75? I know what a half sack is. What's three quarters of a sack? Three quarters, uh, 0.75. Yeah, I know that, but like, what what would constitute? Like, how well, how do you push on that? I mean, I understand why that's what that is, but like, what what would it be? Winthrop. Hmm. Anyway, go ahead. Somebody that says Winthrop. I don't know. Right. Go ahead. Okay. Elijah Mitchell instead of CMC on a prop here. Actually, I'm going to go over 28 and a half yards rushing for Mitchell. Dude has 10 yards on the season, but in all six games he played last season, he went over that number, and step bro Kyle hinted at dialing CMC down a touch. San Fran gets up big. Mitchell gets his more touches, over 28 and a half yards rushing. You know the weird thing about this, when we started the segment, I actually hated that number, and especially that hook, but now that we talked it through, I'm actually feeling pretty good about this. Uh-oh, that's dangerous. That is bad, right? Mm-hmm. That is bad. All right, so top to bottom, first of all, good job on a Thursday morning. Run it back. What do we have? San Francisco minus 10.5 over the Giants tonight on the game. Props, Nick Bosa over .75 sacks, and Elijah Mitchell over 28.5 rushing yards. Good work. You did not massacre the English language. You had exceptional information. You're still bitter. You did tell a few lies. Mm -hmm. I thought that darn A crack was totally unnecessary. But other than that, good job. Good job. Good effort. I'll make up for tomorrow. Hopefully, yeah. You got a big one tomorrow, dude. Get your rest. All right. Nice job. The head, James Kelly. Thank you. 
the full Big Head Bet segment tomorrow going to the weekend. Alvin, that, that, what would you even call that? That soundbite? That. Do, do we need that? Do we have to have that? Is there a way to delete that? Or do you have a piece of tape over that front and center at the top of your board? You think I'd really do that on TV? Not a chance. Not a chance. If we were simulcasting today, there's no way I'd be going with the audible. This is still daytime radio. It might it might not be daytime TV, but it's still daytime radio. All right. Anyway, my thanks to James Kelly. This is why I put him on. Yes, he murders the English language. Yes, he's juvenile. Yes, he's functionally illiterate, but he's kind of a savant about that stuff. And he has good intel. He has good data. We provide good entertainment value. I would argue that the numbers would dictate that we are right more than we're wrong. And that's more than you can ask of any professional who does that. That's right. And then as part of the segment, you even get... Now we're done with that. All right, so... As part of going back-to-back, we had Jeff Passan, and we had the big head James Kelly, and we are going to talk some NFL momentarily when we have Mike Jones. He's a national writer for The Athletic. Let me check in on some of the reaction. Also, I want to keep you focused. We've got the beef segment at the top of our number three, so now is the time. Start coming in right now with your beefs. Start calling with your beefs. Get the rotation. Telephone number is 1-800-636-8686. Call with a beef. It can be about anything you want. X me with a beef at Jim Rome. Email me with a beef. Rome, R-O-M-E at haveatake.com. We'll do that at the top of the hour. In terms of reaction, Romy did at Big Head Bet say, no happy endings tonight. That's it. I'm out. Signed Perv. I mean, that's kind of a given. But then you see who sent that. Amber in Portland. More lady clones. Hey, Amber, you know that invite that I gave you for the Smack Off? Well, after reading that, you're still invited, Amber. See you in Smack Off 30. And look who chased that. I'm going to read this, as always, as written. Jimmy, my man, any chance we can get James Kelly as an English translator? Come on. I don't know why this guy's got it in for him. James, your brand is Alvin and his sex life. Why all of a sudden now are you going in on James Kelly? Any chance you get? Come on. U.S. Cellular knows how important your kids' relationship with technology is, and they have made it their mission to help them establish good digital habits early on. That's why they have partnered with Screen Sanity, a nonprofit dedicated to helping kids navigate the digital landscape. And for a smarter start to the school year, U.S. Cellular is also offering a free basic phone on new eligible lines, providing an alternative to a smartphone for kids. Start smarter with 
with U.S. Cellular. Visit uscellular.com slash built for us to find out more. Restrictions to apply. Visit uscellular.com for terms. He is Mike Jones. Mike, it's great to have you back. How are things, Mike? Hey, thanks for having me, Jim. How you doing? Good, dude, good. Always good to have you. Thanks for making time for us. So a wild day, Mike, for Justin Fields and the Bears yesterday, obviously. And by wild, I mean pretty crappy. First, he says he felt robotic in his play on the field. He attributes his poor play, at least in part, to the coaches. And then when that played predictably terribly, he walked it back. And he tried to blame the media before ultimately coming around to, it's all on me. What do you make of that entire scene at Howis Hall yesterday? Um, I think we saw his youth on display right there. Uh, you know, obviously, he's still learning how to handle frustrations, handle public scrutiny, even though, you know, he played at a big-time college program. Uh, but there's obviously frustrations going on behind the scenes there. Um, his comments didn't do anybody any good, uh, not uh, him, not his coaches, not the guys in the locker room either. Now, we don't know what kind of conversations they've been having behind the scenes, if he's been voicing these frustrations to his coaches and they haven't changed anything, or if this was just something that he just shot from the hip, um, or if he's trying to shove his coaches on the hot seat. Don't know. Uh, it was definitely something that was eye-popping eye uh, for him to say that. Uh, but I, I, you know, there is a balance that coaches have to find between equipping your players, giving them information, and also letting them play, helping them play freely there. Now, for Justin Fields, it is something that, yeah, he's got to figure out also how to take that information but not let it hinder him. But putting his coaches on blast like that, again, didn't do anybody good. And now all it's going to do is create more scrutiny on himself. And I bet you when he... His coaches heard about that. They probably listed off five or ten plays that he busted himself, and they were like, you got to play better, and then kind of turned it around, and that's when he decided, oh, I better walk this thing back. I think that that's a great bit of analysis by you. I think you're right. There, There is that fine line, right? It's, I mean, you can call it a fine line, but there is a balance. Like, you want to give him information. He needs any information like any quarterback, but you don't want to overload him to the point where he's thinking and not playing instinctively. I think that was his point. But to your other point, him putting them on blast publicly really was something. And then trying to walk it back, what do you make? And I'm not saying this as members of the media. Believe me, we are often to blame but not in this case. What about his thing like, it is your job to get clicks and you're trying to split us? Was there any of that going on in your mind? You know, I thought that was the most ridiculous thing he could have said. Uh, I know you're trying to deflect and everything like that, but dude, just own it. Be a big man and say, hey, look, I was frustrated. Shouldn't have put it that way. This is what I meant. Because when he said that, people said, what do you think the reason is? Nobody said, hey, do you think your coaches are causing this? The reporters asked, what do you think is causing you to play that way? And he said, I would say coaching. So nobody put that out there. It wasn't like they were fishing saying, hey, what do you think your offensive coordinator is doing you know, to hinder you? Or uh, it looks like you're playing robotically. Is your coach hindering? It wasn't that type of thing. He served that up. So for him to try to say, hey, you guys got to get clicks. Nah, man, you missed it. Have some accountability. Understand, you know what? We all speak out of turn sometimes. Right there, I was frustrated. Shouldn't put it that way. Um, and so 
I've got to do better and then move on from it from there. Exactly. Mike Jones joining us. He is a national NFL writer for The Athletic. Mike, I'm going to skip all the way down to, believe it or not, the Commanders. And I bring this up because you did cover them and you know that franchise well. They're out quickly at 2-0. and They've got a, te- a tough test Sunday against the Bills. But I want to ask you this. How much credit does Eric Bieniemy deserve for betting on himself, taking on a really challenging gig, and doing the job he's done so far? I think he deserves a lot of credit because the thing is, I can't remember the last time Washington scored 35 points in the game. And he's doing this. He's not doing this with a high draft pick. He's doing this with Sam Howell, who was, you know, a fifth round pick. Uh, You know, yes, they've got a a talented bunch of wide receivers. Their offensive line isn't great. Um, and, And what we saw, they were not able to get anything going in that first quarter. They were getting the pants banked off of them. They made adjustments in-game, and the game plan from that point on, the play calling, everything was pretty masterful. So there's nobody to look behind him. There's no Andy Reid pulling strings behind the curtain. This is Eric Bieniemy's show, and we've seen him position Sam Howell to do well in two straight weeks now. That offense, look, they fought their way back from, you know, like we said, was 21 down to win that game there. Now, the tests will intensify. They were playing against Denver, which, you know, right now they have a lot wrong with them. Once we go up, we'll see. This is going to be a big test as they go up against Buffalo, which has a very good defense. We'll see what kind of wrinkles they throw because the more teams see this offense, these defensive coordinators are smart. They get paid a lot of money to study, dissect, and then take away what you do best. So then the real test for Biennemi will be, okay, when you throw a curveball, how does he adjust to it? If he can continue to position this team to adapt and adjust to what the defense are throwing to them, he's not going to be Washington's offensive coordinator very long. We're going to see him finally wind up showing to the NFL why he should have been a head coach. I agree. Mike Jones joining us. I was going to ask you about that, but you beat me to it. Now, that phrase, he defensive coordinators take away what you do best. When I think about that, I think about Bill Belichick, which kind of triggered this. Woody Johnson, to me, Mike, does not own the Jets. Bill Belichick owns the Jets, or he has with 14 straight head-to-head wins. Oh, and he owns Zach Wilson as well. He nearly ended his career before it even started, but, but, they match up this weekend. Given that strong Jets D and the fact that Zach is at home with weapons at his disposal, what are the chances that he and the Jets finally turn the tables on the hood and the Pats this weekend? I don't think it's going to be this weekend. Um, you know, if there's anybody who despises the Jets and wants to continue that domination, remember how Aaron Rodgers was with, with the Bears? That's basically Bill Belichick with the Jets here. He is going to cook something up, and he feasts on young quarterbacks. So there's going to be a lot of pressure. He's going to throw a lot of different looks. He's going to find ways to force Zach Wilson to make mistakes. He's going to make sure that he can't get comfortable. He's going to make sure that he has problems with his poise. Because we've seen when Zach Wilson is comfortable, he can make some plays. But when he has to start adjusting on the fly, he forces the ball, he makes bad decisions, and you know things go south in a hurry. I imagine that we're going to see Bill Belichick cook something up. Now, they don't have great team speed. They don't have a real, a lot of game-changing pass rushers or, or, or defensive backs, but he still will find a way. I think that, look, I'm not saying that Zach Wilson can't improve, but I don't think it's going to be this week that we're going to see a lot of growth. I think that it, it's 
going to have to wait because of who he's facing this week. Mike Jones joining us. This is all great intel, so I'm going to pick my spots before I let you go. I want to ask you about the Steelers, and the reason I want to do that is I think they're pretty pretty curious in the sense that they beat Cleveland Monday night, but it took two defensive touchdowns in order for them to do so. That's the second straight game they did next to nothing offensively. Mike, in your opinion, can the Steelers really know what they have in Kenny Pickett with Matt Canada as his play caller? Well, Steelers fans will tell you no. They've been calling for this guy's head for quite a while now, and Mike Tomlin remains loyal to him. Um, You know, again, obviously, we're not in these meeting rooms. We don't know what is being told uh, to Kenny Pickett, but we know that uh, even before Kenny Pickett was their starting quarterback, there were problems. This offense never seems to perform up to the level of talent that they, the potential that they should, given their level of talent. Um, and, and so I don't know if they can can reach another level with Kenny Pickett as their quarterback because of the questions of the play calling. We do know, though, and he came out of the draft, a lot of talent evaluators thought that, hey, his floor might be higher than some of these quarterbacks, but his ceiling's not that much higher. So they didn't expect that he was going to take a lot of leaps and bounds. He might be similar right here, and I'm not saying that another offensive mind um, and more experience couldn't help him take a leap forward, but you just got a real suspect guy in his ear, and I don't know if we're going to see that, and I and I don't expect that Mike Tomlin's going to make uh, a move in season. It's obviously it's so early, but if you're a Steelers fan, um, you know it's hard to be optimistic because you're just not seeing that growth that you need from your guy to take leaps. And again, it's two weeks in, but even so, like you said, they beat Cleveland. But if it wasn't for Deshaun Watson wetting the bed repeatedly, they probably would not have won that game. Mike Jones joining us. So I'll hit you with a follow and then I'll let you go. What about Deshaun Watson repeatedly wetting the bed? Like this guy clearly is not what he once was. Let me ask you this. Was he never what we thought he was or was he and is he never going to be that guy ever again? No, I asked a lot of people. I spent a lot of time yesterday trying to find out about like what's going on with this guy. And they still think, look, he's got all the physical tools to be special. Now, is he as lightning fast as what he was? No, you age. He also was off for you know, 700 days was the layoff uh, for when he played. But the problem, the people who are observe him every single day think that he's trying too hard that 230 million dollars fully guaranteed is weighing on him he feels like hey i've got to be great i've got to be amazing i've got to show that i am still a star he needs to forget that he needs to take what the defense gives him there are people the guys that i was talking to saying like look you can see him hesitating second guessing himself whether to pull the trigger whether to run and by the time he makes up his mind the line is you know the pockets collapsing around him and he's playing behind a really good offensive line so there's no excuse for some of this stuff look if your reads aren't there take off and run um pull the trigger and if he can stop that if he can get out of his own head he has a chance to still be a very good quarterback will he be mvp caliber uh deshaun watson maybe not be still be better than half the guys that are out there and still can win a lot of games with cleveland Talking to Mike Jones. Mike, what have you heard in the days since Nick Chubb had that devastating knee injury? Like, if you had to guess or based on what you're hearing, what's the likelihood that he may have, in fact, played his last down? As sad as it is, there's not, I have not heard a lot of optimism um, about that. Just And they, again, these were people who 
who are observing like us, but who are do this for a living as far as in the medical field, who are looking at that, the way that knee uh, looked, there's not a lot of optimism. Um, the, the best hope, you know, that maybe he can come back, but will he still have the same explosiveness and strength? Um, it, it's going to be hard. I know he's come back from an injury before, but, uh, you know, as it happens again, it's just the, the, the percentages go down and everybody's hoping for the best, but it's hard to envision him being back to what he was, unfortunately. Mike Jones is a national NFL writer for The Athletic, and as you just heard, an excellent one as well. Mike, it's always great to have you on this show. You know, Marty, looking for your next spot to put you back on. Thanks so much for doing that. That was fun. All right. Thanks, Jim. I'll talk to you soon. All right. One of my favorite times of the entire week, any week, is right this second. Right here, right now, it is the beef segment. And I know you clones feel the same way because the lines are lit. I've got a litany of written beefs. It's like a CVS receipt. It just keeps going and going and going and going. Let's do it. Ground rules are this. You can beef about anything you want. I don't care. Anything, 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 anything. Anything except the bathroom. And don't make it political. There are lots of other shows for that. But other than that, anything. 1-800-636-8686. I want to see if I can extend our streak. Last week, we had a rare beef segment where we didn't read one beef. Not even one. For so many years on this segment, the written beefs were so much better than the call-in beefs. And last week, we did nothing but call-in beefs. I don't suspect we can do this again, but I got to pick up where I left off. I want to maintain and continue the streak. So let's see how far we get. We go to the phones. First stop, Buffalo. Eddie in Buffalo. Good to have you, Eddie. What's your beef? How you doing, Jim? Good, dude. Uh, you? Listen, buddy, my beef is with the Bills Mafia. I am so tired of this. Uh, my grandfather was a season ticket holder at the Rock Pile. And now it's embarrassing to even say you're a Bills fan. These people, I mean, you go on TV, they're on commercials. It's like the dude with the ketchup and mustard grandpa. And there's like the women walking around in the games. And it's like two Rottweilers fighting in a Zuba's garbage bag. Just like so tired of it. First of all, they would have been the worst team in the division if Aaron Rodgers didn't rip his knee out. And like when you're around town, it's like the. Oh, man, here's the thing. No. Eddie, I respect you and I appreciate you. That's a call to the normal show. I guess I probably should have given you more background. The beefs need to be short, concise. Get in, get out, hammer it. That That's a good call, but a bad beef. Make sense? Good, good call. I, I'll take that call all day long. I love the call, but it's not a good beef. Man, be tight. Be concise. Be punchy. Then there goes the streak. Chalk, should we try and give somebody a shot on the phones? Let's do that. See, you know what I'm saying? Maybe he didn't know. Maybe he didn't know the segment. But it was a good call and a bad beef. Keep it tight. Keep it tight. Let's go to Grand Rapids. Matt, good to have you. Matt, what's your beef? Wow, pimp in the box. Hey, my beef is with MMA fighter who knocks his gladiator buddy out and then wants to go celebrate like it's freaking new year's understand his conflict of interest and hey one more thing Romy. i got a buddy i'm a truck driver and i got it's lonely out here i got a buddy who rides with me though his name's jim rome 
Oh, love you, man. <laughs> Thanks, Marty. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't even know if you meant the first beef, but just wanted to set up your joke. You know, the reason they do that is there's a fundamental respect among gladiators. They take their lives into their own hands every time they get in the cage. So I understand that. And then there's legitimate beef where some of these guys actually do really hate each other. But I've got, I've got no problem with them hugging it out and partying afterwards. They're gladiators. There's, there's a very, very small percentage of people in the world willing to do what they do, not only to get paid, but to entertain us. All right, so we're not doing as well on the phones as we did last week. I don't want to give up on them yet. We're on a reverse heater. 1-800-636-8686. Let's try Oregon. Ethan, good to have you. Ethan, what's your beef? Hey, Tim. Uh, my beef is with the Los Angeles Angels owner, Artie Moreno. They're giving us a little sliver of hope that last year he was going to sell the team and didn't, and making it suffer through another losing season. Hey, Artie, sell the team. Thanks, Jim. Ethan, sell all right. What do you think, Chuck? They're not killing it. Do we stay with I think I want to stay with the calls, but they're not dominant. Is it going to get better, or do we mix in some written beefs? Let's try Steve in New Orleans. It's all on you, dude. If you nail this, I'll take another phone call. If you don't, we're going over to the written beefs. We go to Steven in New Orleans. Steven, what's your beef? My beef is with any waitress at a restaurant that asks me, do I want a refill when my cup is empty? Well, of course I want a refill. I just paid $7 for a fountain Coke, and my very parched. Fill it up, I'm out. I like that. I mean, I don't blame her. I don't blame the waitress or the waiter, but I see what you're saying. What do you mean, do I want a refill? I paid 7 bucks for a fountain drink. Man, I'm parched. Fill me up. Fill me up. All right, that guy kept the streak alive. That earned another call. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to Daniel in Houston. Good to have you, Daniel. What's your beef? Rome Slice. Uh, real quickly, I just have to thank you for talking to Lions fans off the ledge on Monday. That said, Aaron Glenn, big-time beef, bro. You had all year to prepare for the guy that did that to you last year. It's your home opener with nuclear fans. And you lay that kind of defensive, uh, awful, I'm out. Let's improve. Go Lions. Good beef. You know what I like about that? That's a straight sports beef. That's a good beef. I like the dis- the length. I like the energy. I like the insight. Good job. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to Green Bay. Nathan in Green Bay. Nathan, what is your beef? You know, long-time caller, first-time listener here. Uh, my beef is with all those geriatric ass old people telling you to sit down at the game when you paid $450 for a ticket, and they don't want to stand up, and they're just bummed because they're sitting behind you. Ow. I feel you. Nathan, Green Bay, nice job. We're coming back. We're bouncing back. I don't even need your advice. I'm just doing this one. I already know which one I want. I don't know how it's going to go but I've got a good feeling about where it might go. Let's go to San Luis Obispo. He jumps right in. Josh in slow. My man, Josh, what's your beef? Uh, my beef is 
kids at Cal Poly coming here, stealing our waves, making a big crowd in the lineup. Just come here for school. Don't pretend like you're a local where you're in the water. Just catch your waves and go home. No need coming in groups of 20 kids and crowding up every point along the beach. Huge pain in my a-hole. It's got to be Josh. Respect. I wonder if they're like, hey, yo, geriatric, just get the hell out of our water. This is our beach now. Nice job. I used to hear stuff like that when I went to Santa Barbara. I never did. I've never seen guys talk more. And golf guys, one thing. But you know what we've never gotten into? Because I like them. But, man, I had some boys that were never really surfers till they got to Santa Barbara. They came from, like, the suburbs of L.A. And even though we have beaches, they just never did. And then all of a sudden they got the bug. They would never shut up about the wave. About the wave. You know, they'd get out their longboards. And they were crappy surfers. No offense, bros. You know who I'm talking about. But, man, I never, I've heard guys go on and all about their golf game, their golf day, their golf shot. It's like the most inane thing ever if you're not there, right? You don't give a damn. It's like somebody else's pictures for their vacation. I like a lot of my guys who surf, but there's a lot of that, too. 1-800-636. That guy essentially was like, hey, man, hey, kids, all you kids coming to Cal Poly, man, get the hell out of the water. Stop taking all my waves. Stop acting like you're a local. You're not. You're a student. Yeah, I don't know. Are they not allowed in the ocean until they graduate? I feel you, Pops. Let's go to Provo. I, I don't know. We're doing it again. We're rolling phone calls again. And the thing I love about this segment, I say it every week, but it's so true. There are beefs in all 50. We get calls from every state, everywhere. I love that. Mike in Provo. Mike, what's your beef? Pimp, good to talk to you. You too, Mike. My beef is, my beef is bags who use grandma's handicap tag to park close in a crowded parking lot. So lazy, so dishonest. Someone just trip those suckers and, and do some damage on them. That's my beef. I feel you, Mike. You know what? The thing is, those people... I agree with you. Those people who have those handicapped placards that actually need them would give anything not to need them, a-holes. They'd rather walk. They want to walk. They don't want to be up there. James Kelly, shut your mouth, dude. I'm not doing that. Kelly, Kelly, you're making it worse. Kelly, you're going to get us both fired. Take the rest of the day off, Kelly. Yeah, that, that, that's a bag jerk a-hole move. If you're using a handicap sticker and there's nothing wrong with you so you can park closer to the entry, you're an a-hole. Because the people, because, <laughs> oh, oh, now you have words, Alvin. Because the people who actually have those placards, I'm sure would love to turn them in for an ability to walk freely across, across the parking lot. Next. 1-800-636-8686. Man, Chalk, you just seem so conflicted. I need conviction. I think we're running out of steam. We're about to go back to the written beefs. Let's go, John, Philly. John, what's your beef? Hey, Jimmy. My beef is carpooling with my buddy. Out here in southeastern Pennsylvania, it's a beautiful autumn day, and got the windows down coming home. All of a sudden, the windows start going up. Yo, dude, what are you, 
He locks the windows on me, and then this stench just hits me in the face. And I can't get out of the truck, Jim. That's my beef, dude. Let the windows down and don't be doing that nasty. Unwar James Kelly's boots studding on the conference table. I'm out. That's quite a move, man. You're in your wait, so you can't unlock your own windows and your own doors in your own truck? You were trapped with your boy crop dusting you in your car? Or was that his car? And he's got you had to be a but you had to be a passenger, dude. Or you'd get out of your car. Or you'd kick him out of your car. Either way, it's just not really a good beef. Is it time to jump back over to the written beefs, Chalk? All right, let's try that. We haven't done this in a couple of weeks. It seems kind of weird. Like I gotta knock off the rust. This says, my beef is with my wife who insists on slapping a Texas sized gob of hair. To the shower wall every time she showers. Left there to jump on me like a rabid raccoon at the crack of dawn to ruin my day from the start. Do better. Chris, NSC. I mean, do we have to go back to the phones? Brian Reck is in. Dear Jim, my beef is with that heartless baby-making machine, Alvin Deloro. He literally killed Angry Bob. And by the way, we need an update on Angry Bob. This guy goes on. Instead of showing proper compassion and respect for the old man's medical emergency, that humping little bastard finished Bob off with a time-to-die blast. Alvin, is that how that went yesterday? Let's listen. And therefore giving him another red stain on that nice... Very pretty USC, uh, excuse me, Jim. Uh, uh, excuse me, Bob. You don't like that car. I don't like that car. All right, so that's not like some overlay. That was a real drop in real time. Bob got choked up was unable to finish his call. We don't know what happened. Not only did Alvin run him, didn't give me a chance to say, Bob, you okay? He ran him and then chased that with a time to die blast. Which is why Brian called out the humping little bastard who finished Bob off with a time to die blast. I hope we didn't finish him off, but we haven't heard from him yet today. Uh, excuse me, Jim. Lewis writes, hashtag beef. Piggybacking off last week. My beef is with dog moms and dog dads who think their dogs are like real kids with their stupid bumper stickers saying, my children have paws and dog on board. Hey, kooks, raising a dog and raising real kids are nothing alike. He's not wrong. Romy, I've got a beef with people who spark up a heater right before they walk into a convenience store only to take a couple of drags and leave it burning on a ledge right by the door. Hey, Stinky, if you can't wait two more minutes to get your nick on, you don't have a habit, you have a problem. Oh, dude, that's good. That's good. If you can't wait two more minutes to get your nick on is strong. He's right. If you got to fire up 
your cancer stick or your rocket and leave it there on the ledge to come back to? Good point. That's it, Rome. I smoke cigarettes. I've had your back for 20 years. I'll never listen again. Good. Don't. Jimmo's, my beef. Buzzards circling the parking lot, blinkers blazing while I'm loading groceries into my car. Plenty of other spaces around, you numbnuts. I'll leave when I'm damn good and ready. Just park it already, waddle your giant tank ass a few extra steps, and leave me alone. Thanks, Marty B., helping. War Coach Prime, Howard Dean, and Rex Lee agreeing with my beef. Yeah. Those are two great back-to-back written beefs. Those are both great. Let's see if we can make it three. Jim Zell, Washington. My beef is with losers who put foodie in their job title. It takes zero skill or talent to eat and find good restaurants. You idiot. Just because Jeff in Richmond stimulates himself to videos of you stuffing your face doesn't mean the rest of normal BMI America does, you stupid loser. V and the fee is on one. That's V's second shot at Jeff today. He's trying to smoke him out too, isn't he? V so badly wants Jeff to respond. Hey, Rome, my beef is with the charity auction that offers a five-night stay at a beach in Pacific Beach. $3,700. later, we find out it's Pacific Beach, Washington, not San Diego, California. Travis in Spokane. That hurts. T-shirt Will writes, Rome Slice. My beef is with fans of SEC teams repping the conference and not their team when their team sucks. Dude, you're a Gator fan. Stop cheering every time any other SEC team wins something. Rep your team, not your conference. Hashtag dumb. I'm not saying that's the most original beef, but it's a good beef. I agree. Hey, Jim, I have beef with, I can't believe the stores have their Christmas stuff up already. Guy. Hey, numbskull. They wouldn't put that junk out if people weren't already buying it. So get your old lady under control because your beef is really with her. Vince in Illinois. Cowboy Reese. Jim, my beef is with my wife. When she's asleep, I tiptoe around the house like a ninja trying not to disturb her. When I'm asleep, she sounds like the freaking drummer for Iron Maiden. Hashtag run to the hills. Hey, Jim. My beef is with Peloton Cougs. I pedal my ass off, nearly killing myself in the process to catch one on the leaderboard. I then throw them a high five only to have a return rate worse than Joe Namath's completion percentage. Maybe if I change my profile pic to Zach's face, I'll have better luck. Chris and East Lansing. That's good. Jesse and Erie. 
My beef is with phone-only beef segments. Written beef made this segment what it is. Romy, my beef is with the loser who gave a 13-minute long best man speech at the wedding I was dragged to this weekend on a college football Saturday. The guy spent a whole minute talking about the groom's dead dog. Come on, man. Do what Alvy can't and wrap it up. He spelled Alvy with an E. Elvy. Hey, Elvy, wrap it up already, Elvy. <laughs> Mike in Michigan misspelled Alvy. It says, I went to get a massage the other day at my normal place, and they asked if this new guy could do it because they overbooked. I said, sure. Dude comes out with no hands. Double amputee. I'm all for giving the disabled a chance, Jim. But what was this guy going to do? Beat out the crescendo to something in the air tonight by Phil Collins? I was so flabbergasted, I just let him do it. Ugh. Damn, Sarah, really? Sarah T sent that. That's an all-time beef right there. And the thing is, I would call bullcrap on it, but it's Sarah. It probably is true. War Lady Clone. Oh, you like that one, Alvin. Should we go back to the phones? Keep this thing going? Big finish on the phones. Let's get it. Let's go. Francis in Florida. Francis, what's your beef? Hey, James, how you doing? Good, dude, you? I've been waiting. I wanna, I'd like to change my beef in response to the written beefs you got. I questioned the guy in the Pentathlon. I think that's a biking class. My wife does that. He's worried about his ranking. He's no business writing into the likes of you, James. You should be insulted. Also, the guy <clears throat> questions about the massage. What's he going to get a massage from a guy for anyway? Those are my two beefs. Brother. All right. I, I want to give you credit first. Francis, that was incredible. First of all, <laughs> I want to give you credit for the way you sound. All right. You got a great sound, bro. And you got a great name. France, does he not sound like Francis in Florida? Bro, I loved you from the very beginning. Then I love that you said, I want to change my beef in response to the written beefs, which was great. And then the first one was what? He, the, the, he wanted to talk about the dude that was going on about the, quote, pentathlon, I thought he said. Peloton, not pentathlon. And he said, hey, man, he's got no business competing with the likes of you, Jimmy. Appreciate that, bro, very much. Although he probably can. I'm not that great at it. But his argument was, Francis... He rides his ass off to hit the leaderboard to run down a, quote, Peloton Coog, hits her with a high five, and she stones him. He said, maybe if I change my avatar and I'm better looking, I'll get some reaction. And then you said, about that dude, why is he even getting a massage from another dude? It wasn't a dude getting a massage from a dude. It was Salty Sarah. Sarah. 
who who is frankly all woman because she's constantly thirsting after hunky dudes. I'm not even saying that makes her all woman, but I know she's a woman. It was not a dude. All that said, Francis, that was a wild beef. Wild. I mean, I could walk it off on that, but why not, man? We might do better. Let's go to Sacktown. Ryan in Sacktown. Ryan is a terrible caller, but he's pretty good at this segment. So let's give it a shot. Yo, Ryan, what's up? What's your beef? Hey, what's up, JR? Thanks for the intro, man. Uh, my beef is with that old schmuck who assumed that we're using our grandma's handicap placard when in actuality, some of us just had two hip replacements in three months. Unwar freaking Vaney and Claremont. I'm out. Well, the laugh streak is alive. He continues to <laughs> Vaney and Claremont. Dude, I don't think he was speaking about you. He was speaking about healthy people that do not need a handicap placard. Not double hip replacement in three-month people. Ho, 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 Ryan. Why is it always about you, dude? Ho, 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 ho. You did it again. What do you see here, Tommy? Anything else worth getting on the air? It's been fun. It's still fun. Why don't we try Colorado Springs? Nick in Colorado Springs. You made it in. Nick, what's your beef? Hey, Jimmy. My beef is with my store manager calling me on my day off. She's not important. She's not the president of the United States. Next time, I'm going to charge her. I'm out. Charge her what? Charge her how? Collect what? Yo, boss, you know it's my day off. Why are you calling me? Uh, because I'm the boss? Yeah, well, that'll cost you 50 bucks. Pay me. Venmo me the money or hang your ass up right now. <laughs>